Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Checkers. Checks mix. Czech Republic. Oh. Checkered flag. I was thinking. Oh. <laughs> oh, how continental. I was thinking today about advice and like how our show is an advice podcast and how it actually takes a very big person to genuinely seek advice versus just wanting to vent. Mm. And I think about that because I don't know how good I am at hearing advice. It's kind of like when the student is ready, the master will appear. But like I was at an event the other day and I was talking to a woman I know pretty well who's like a child therapist. And it occurred to me, I'm like, ooh, I can get like free advice about like Sierra. Mm -hmm. Uh, Insofar as, you know, when she touches something that we've literally never let her touch and she knows is wrong, but she does it. You can't punish a baby that small. So like, what do you do? And she gave me some advice and her advice was to be proactive, like to always be mentioning the stove. Don't just mention it to her when it's wrong. Like as you're walking by, like, and see, that's the stove that we don't touch versus like, hey, I'm mad at you. And it was fun because I actually found myself even in listening to the advice that I solicited, I found myself like being like, okay, well, and and I don't need, like, I don't need beyond that or that's good. Like it's actually incredibly hard to receive any advice because you always feel like it's an indictment on what you're doing or if that person needs to hear the one time it did work. And like, I just give so much credit to people who write in and like are vulnerable. I don't know that I'm really good at that. I also don't talk to a lot of people who know more than me and I need to be better about that. <laughs> I, it's hard though. I wonder how many people got their question answered and stopped listening because they were resentful towards the answer. No. Oh yeah. I think about that all the time. Like, did I answer? I mean, it's not about being too harsh. You asked for this blunt advice, but like the other day, the woman that talked about, she like, I thought about that. This woman that was like, my daughter also got her earring stuck 
And I was like, well, she got her ears pierced at six. And I was like, God, Eliza, like if you, someone said that to you, I'd be like, uh, peace out. Don't tell me how to raise my kid. So I don't know. I'm not going to change like the tone of this podcast, but I will say <laughs> I do respect that people write in. And if you didn't like the advice we gave, but you still listen, you're a real one. That's awesome. I wish I were more like that. Yeah. Like if a show features a celebrity I don't like based off nothing other than like six years ago, they bothered me. I will not watch that show. Mm -hmm. So here's to everyone who isn't petty. Yeah. So it's very surprising that overall the listeners of the show are not petty. I find that our listeners and my fans tend to be very, like always coming from a sweet place, like intelligent people, women, It's not always women, as I'm finding more and more that listen to the pod, which is cool, but like good people who like genuinely just don't want to eat shit in life and like want to be kind and they all have some sort of master's degree. And so I just, uh, I really like my fan base. They're not unpredictable, creepy weirdos. I'm not catering to a bunch of freaks. (laughs) They're just like, I like that they're all different versions of the sexual spectrum Could it be a more diverse fan base? Sure. But, you know, you like what you like. And so I love my fans. That's very nice. All I gotta say. Yeah. And uh, we got a hot show for you today. Hot update. Tianfu had diarrhea. I think it's because I gave her too much milk. Uh, I don't know. And thankfully for me, she did it right on the lightest rug we own. So thank you so much. (laughs) I like too much milk as though there's an amount of milk you should be giving to a dog. Whatever's in a puppercino. I just, she seemed to like the milk. She physically moved my daughter out of the way to get to the milk. And a few days later, I don't know how long it stays in your system. She had the Rhea. So that I, that's awful. I got home last night to a big poop smear on the door uh, of, of a room. That's your neighbor. No. You're like, weird. It was on the outside of the door (laughs) facing the street. That would be so upsetting. But I was like, eyeing it up. Like what happened here? Okay. All right. You know what happened. Well, speaking of what happened here, (laughs) speaking of hot diarrhea, let's get to it. We're going to kick off with an email titled Hot Take on Eliza's Car. Dear Eliza, I heard you hate having a car and are going to buy some boring new hybrid car. May I suggest an alternate plan? Get a vintage or classic car. No, they don't come in hybrids, but they're way more fun to drive. Also, consider reusing something old. What is the climate impact of all these new car and battery manufacturing, all this new car and battery manufacturing anyway? I could see you in a vintage 4x4 Land Rover or a 60s Mustang convertible for those nice sunny LA days. Cars can be fun. There are lots of cool ladies in the car scene in LA. You're such a badass. I think you need a badass car. Always a fan, Sarah. And now Sarah attached a picture. Me and my family next to our 1923 Ford Model T. Next time you're in Nashville, we'll drive you around. And it is a straight up Ford Model T. <laughs> that is very cool. Right? And you live in Nashville where- Asheville. You, oh, Asheville. Either way, where you have the kind of life that affords you uh, moments of levity and fun. You're not gridlocked in a rummage sale at a discount warehouse that is LA. Um, I love all that. However, all I'm hearing in that is like, Downgrade to a cooler car that's not as safe. Like, you know what doesn't have airbags? Any of those cars. Uh, the only reason this car thing is an issue is because I have a baby now. And like any woman who's ever had a baby, you're like, I must drive a tank. Um, but that Bronco, I uh, that like vintage Land Rover, if I had a farm, if I had like a house on Martha's Vineyard, I would get one of those cars because you're not going far, you're tooling around. And I love the idea of reusing something. However, 
it's more of like a safety issue. And I think I wonder, you know, how much money are you pouring into an old car to constantly keep it updated and keep the oil and keep the engine and everything. Not that this lemon's doing me any favors, which is again in the shop today because they're taking their sweet ass time buying it back. So I hear you. <laughs> um, but I think in this case, just because there's a baby involved, we got to get those crumple zones and airbags. But yeah, keep envisioning me in a cool car. Let's get me there. Honestly. Let's get me there. Yeah, I could see you in like a classic car. That feels right. An old Bronco, like a white one I could drive with cops chasing me or <laughs> uh, a Land Rover, any of those kind of cool like beachy cars for sure. I'm not a huge convertible fan because like that won't my, I just think about getting out of the car and you have like windswept Mr. Burns hair, but <laughs> Sounds great. You know what I was talking about? You know what you never see anymore that we always saw growing up? Bugs. Like VW Bugs, the original Bugs. Yeah. Yeah, you like, remember they'd don't. always come in yellow. They are just not, you never see it. Like you would see a Model T Ford before you'd see that. Like one day there were just no more. And there's the old ones that came out in like 2000, which were always dorky. Did my high school boyfriend drive a metallic blue one? Yes. But uh, yeah, never was a fan. Anyways, you don't see them anymore. So there's certain things as we get older that are just locked in time. We also have a uh, a piercing follow-up. Hey there, just want to set a thank you to Eliza for talking about Ember Piercing Studio in Vegas on the pod a while back. After hearing her talk about it, I went there and have now been a couple of times to work on building out my ears. It's such an awesome place. <laughs> and I never would have found them without her. My husband loves the piercings too. So thanks for both of us. Shout out to Ryan Dreyfus at Ember Body Piercing. I found them randomly because I would stay up at night and look at cool ways to do ear jewelry. And he is awesome. His staff is wonderful. It's clean. It's elevated. I know a couple fans have gone there and happy to support a small business that does something bespoke and boutique. I'm trying to convince him to do mobile ear styling. I was like, People come to Las Vegas and like bachelorettes, they go out and they get like tattoos and stuff like that. Like this is permanent, but it's not a tattoo. I'm like, if you came to my bridal suite with a case of like diamond earrings and you're like, everyone gets to get something on their ear pierce, like that would be so cool. Or you like went to a house people were renting out, call, you know, mobile elevated ear styling. And I was, I was like, you got to do it. It's Vegas. That's <laughs> if people get permanent jewelry they can get piercing I think it'd be fucking sick anyway shout out to Ember check them out in Las Vegas shout out Hello. everyone else got to pay though they get free shout out <laughs> everybody else got to pay yeah you're not just doling out shout outs that's right you hear me this show is sponsored by BetterHelp is it too early to say that 2024 is going by quickly when life goes so fast, I mean, even faster when you have kids, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. I think one of the hardest things to do is to genuinely be proud of what you've done, right? Glass half full kind of stuff, because it's honestly a lot more fun to beat yourself up about why the glass is half empty or totally shattered. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've started therapy. Ever since I had my second baby, I started therapy and it's just nice to have someone to talk to. You can't always write in to ask Eliza anything because we won't always see your questions. BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. 
You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. No one's going to ask you any questions. Take a moment, visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye, to put away your chunky jackets, chunky sweaters, and chunky pants, and it's time to update your wardrobe for that long haul, for the long summer ahead of us, without spending a fortune. Fashion is always changing, but one thing you can always rely on are quality garments, like premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more, all at Quince. Quince's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, because dressing well should not cost a fortune, and it shouldn't be expensive to look expensive. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes on the savings to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Oh, it's so elegant. I'm going on vacation this summer, and you bet I got a linen dress from Quince. Just something you can throw on when you go to dinner or get out of the pool. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hello, podcast family. Eliza, I'm a longtime fan of your stand-up, but only found out about the podcast a few months ago. I've been listening Come on! every day trying to catch up, loving every well. minute in my car, the gym, or at work. Side note, your advice helped me get over a toxic relationship. I finally have a question Ooh. that could be interesting to discuss. I haven't heard it mentioned before, but I'm not 100% caught up yet. So, and we have not no. discussed this before. Go listen to every episode. <laughs> get your homework done. Come back in two to three months. No. Okay, so this person... I've been a single mom to my son who is now 14, and this single mom is 34, straight, female, not a nurse. Okay. We have a very supportive family and friend group, but he doesn't have a steady male role model other than his grandfather. When he was nine, I found an old forgotten phone under his bed with exactly what you would expect on it. We had the talk. We discussed sex, masturbation, and the unrealistic expectations of porn, etc. I had parental controls already in place on his active phone, of course, but became more diligent about monitoring afterwards. Wait, is the unrealistic expectation that the woman also has an orgasm? <laughs> is that what's... <laughs> she had to warn him. Okay. 
Flash forward to this year. He got a new iPhone for Christmas and turned 14, essentially graduating from the Samsung family controls. I occasionally still check the phone, but not looking for porn. Just keep an eye out for anything going on in his life I need to be aware of. The other night he was asleep and I went to make sure his alarms were set for school. He had forgotten to close out the porn before passing out. My initial instinct was to revert back to restricting and blocking what I can, knowing he will find ways around it. I remember my teenage days, LOL. However, I know he has and will continue to watch it. and I don't want him to feel ashamed. So from someone without a teenage boy, is 14 too young to allow porn without restrictions? If so, what age would be? Can this fall under don't ask, don't tell? We have a very open and honest relationship. I definitely would never punish him or make him feel bad. I just need some guidance in this particular area. Thank you so much. Hopefully some other boy moms will get a good laugh. Oh man, well, not only am I not qualified, this is way above my pay grade being that I don't have a son, but I can say, first of all, he doesn't feel shame because he doesn't know that you saw the porn this time. So, so far, only you are uncomfortable. (laughs) Right, but if she goes to him and is like, I saw you were watching porn. It's so tough. I, 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 I only will say this. I feel like the lessons our parents try to teach us don't fully crystallize until later. Like you plant all these seeds and you talk about respecting women and how it's unrealistic, but the internet is such a deep, dark, awful place and you don't want him to become desensitized. I guess the answer is you're doing the best you can and just keep having those conversations always saying like, I don't, you got to do what you got to do, but just keep in mind like this is a person I feel like the words would just come out if it was my son. And it's hard for me to give you that advice because I don't have a son. Like, I feel like I, you have to just say like, remember that these are real people. This is unrealistic. Oh God, I do think, Emily, why would you pull this question? I think 14 (laughs) is too young. But then again, kids are like, I don't know. It's, you're not too young to have a tax shelter and make $80 million a year off TikTok. So maybe- I mean, the kids had a phone since nine. Here's the thing. I think you could get away with adding more parental controls to his phone at 14. I think that wouldn't be wild to put parental controls on there. The phone at eight o'clock goes (gasps) in mom's room so she can look at porn and you get a real alarm clock. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. That's my answer. Less about how to me telling you how to parent your kid. There's no reason... And plus, you're probably up before him anyway. You can just knock on the door. But like set an alarm clock. They're like $3 on Amazon. He has an alarm clock. Or it's plugged in outside your room. So you're definitely going to come get it when it goes off because you got to go in the bathroom to turn it off. But that should be it. There's no reason to... None of us should be looking at our phones before we go to bed anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's the shame thing that I feel like you need to talk to a psychologist. I don't know how that works. I don't know anything about little boys. I was at a party the other day and there were a lot of them running around, spraying each other with super soakers, super violent. And I was just like, I don't know. That is its own world. Just pretending to kill each other. That is its own world. So start with the phone thing and then move on from there. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the hate mail of like, you told her that a 14 year old should be masturbating in public. So let's just move away from that code violation. Guten tag to hot Scotty and the rest. I, 30 male, introduced my fiance, 32 female, to Eliza via Unveiled. As a wedding photographer, she had never felt so seen and validated in her life and has become a rabid admirer mm-hmm. despite never having an interest in stand-up before. Recently, she saw the video Eliza posted describing Passover as metal. 
and was upset, describing the holiday as a celebration of dead Egyptian babies. She went on to say that she sees religion as a way for people to feel good about themselves despite not living the values of faith prescribes while calling themselves, quote, God's chosen people. I am definitely not a religious person. No, it's not a it, it's not a quote. I mean, we're not putting this in admin. It is what it I mean, no. unless you're quoting the Bible, but it's not a it's not like something we made up for ourselves. <laughs> and I think we've been chosen to be miserable. Anyway, go on. I'm definitely not a religious person. I haven't even seen the video, but when she told me about it, I was taken aback by that. My fiance works at a Christian faith-based employment service nonprofit that does huge amounts of good in the world and is made up of exactly the kind of people who live their faith non-judgmentally and help the needy. She is not Christian herself, but definitely a humanist. When I tried to tell her that something like Passover is not about celebrating dead enemies' kids, but a mythic metaphor for a people preserving through discrimination exile, she got even more upset. She told me I was, quote, defending people who use their religion in bad faith, but I felt like I was doing the exact opposite. I am stunned by all this. She is an understanding, tolerant, empathetic, secularly spiritual person. I hate the word tolerant. I know. And I don't understand this weird train of thought. AITA for being a pain about the strange double standard I see at the heart of her comments. Is she TA for expressing her frustration with the hypocritical faithful and not leaving space for the, quote, good ones? I truly don't know. Saw you in Cleveland 2019, loved it. More seasons of the sketch show where we riot. Signed your Cincinnati and fan. Oh man, get ready for those riots. <laughs> Couple things. First of all, at the end of the day, as much as we enjoy my advice, as much as people like look to me like I'm your older sister, I am a comedian and I talk a lot more than the average person. And while I believe everything that I say, every once in a while you get something, it comes out not the perfect way. And that goes for anybody who's a public speaker. You could make an entire compilation of Barack Obama sounding dumb because he he'd give so many speeches. You could do it for Donald Trump easily. You could do it for anybody who speaks and gives lectures or talks. I looked back at that video. Keep in mind, that's not my show. It's my husband's show. And he calls me in organically to comment on stuff. Now that comment, was part of a larger stand-up bit that I used to do about Passover. And my mom was the one who flagged it, uh, talking about like the babies. It's not a celebration of that. I sum, I, it was a quick summary. It was, what it is a celebration of is overcoming being enslaved by God being on your side and being like, if you don't let these slaves go, if you don't let these Jewish people go who you're hurting and exploiting and killing, I will wreak this vengeance on you. And Pharaoh was so selfish uh, and steadfast in his ways that it took several of these plagues, I think the last of which being all the firstborn. So it wasn't all the babies. It's not about murdering babies. It was all the firstborn. And I also doubt it ever really happened. And I'm sure it's like a Kabbalistic metaphor, whatever. I phrased it a little, it was a little rushed. But it was really more about how people look at Jews as like, and by the way, I read some of the disgusting comments in there. People look at Jews like these like dorky, soft, nerdy people, which a lot of us are, you know, and that's why people invent men like Superman invented by a Jewish guy, because that is how we're seen. Um, so it's not a celebration of that at all. But if we want to talk, if we want to talk persecution and celebration of death as a way to forge religion. I don't want to point a finger at your friend and what she seemingly peacefully stands for. Now, your friend hasn't hurt anyone just as I haven't. 
And weirdly, weirdly, anything having to do with persecution, conversion, proselytizing under the peaceful name of Jesus Christ, that gets swept under the rug. And somehow me saying I'm Jewish always becomes about, but look what Jews do to Palestinians. As if I'm Israeli, as if this isn't about just Jews. Because you notice you don't see people livid about Muslims being murdered by Hindus in India or Muslims being murdered or Buddhists being murdered anywhere in Asia. Somehow this always comes down to look what the Jews are doing. I'm not going to stand here and unpack Israel-Palestine. It's not my job. And it is such a complex issue, but nobody has a problem because Jews are seen as white, even though the people in Israel may have white descendants, but are usually brown. Some of them are white. It comes down to a white versus brown issue, and it conveniently comes down to Jews doing this. But nobody has a problem with other people. We don't even have a problem with people being murdered in our country by guns. But we all have time to say something negative about Jews. So I would rethink, I would just reconsider the map of hate in this world because somehow it's always okay. So your girlfriend- Fiance. <laughs> I can, I, your fiance, I can understand if you don't know the story of Passover and you just heard me say that and that bothered you because I probably didn't do the best job. Um, so that was my fault, but- it's kind of, I think it's a deeper issue. And so what is it? She's she's saying we're celebrating that. That's the other thing is like when you don't understand another culture, so now it's on one person. That's the problem with being a minority, which I am religious, religion-wise. When you mess up, it makes them all look bad. Anybody who's black can tell you that feeling. Anybody who's Latino can tell you that feeling. Uh, any woman on a comedy lineup can tell you that feeling. So I think you want to talk tolerance. What's intolerant is to be like, wow, this one comedian said a sentence I didn't like. Therefore, I'm going to use that as emblematic of the entire religion and the celebration. Everybody else is free to celebrate their wins, their battles, their law, uh, their perseverance. And somehow anything having to do with Jews is always taken to like a really nasty place about modern day politics. And so, yeah, I'm just interested if she is such a good Christian, why don't you already know this story? But she's not a Christian. She just works for a Christian workplace. <laughs> no, you believe some of it. Fine. If you believe in treating people equally, if you believe in all the positive parts about uh, the good stuff about Christianity, mm. you know, and if you are so inclusive and so positive that it's always Christian charities doing the best thing, don't Google Red Cross and the word homophobic. <laughs> I'm just saying... It's just always that thing where you're like, I preach being inclusive and kind and look what you did. That was so wrong. And it's like, Hooker, at the end of the day, I'm still a comic. So if that bothered you, don't come see me live anywhere. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Also, I think that's, I think it's a little weird to be like, I don't believe in any of these Christian things, but I work for this Christian group. Like you are furthering, it could be a positive agenda, but you are still an agent of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you're like, I hate the government, but I'll take the check, which a lot of people do. I mean, that is how you spend your time and make your money. So, you know, it's like you vote with your dollar, right? Yeah, I agree. Did I, did I not answer it? No, you did. I'm not I working kind of, for a Christian organization. 
I kind of started to get like a rage sweat when we brought up the <laughs> Passover video and just anything misconstrued from that. But the story of Passover is also there. I mean, it, you shouldn't be relying on a soundbite. That's the problem with the world and the internet is you get a soundbite and you're like, this must be what it is. So sorry that I didn't say firstborn and I said babies. Uh, you need to read a book. Not you, your fiance. She wants to write into the pod. I'll be right here waiting for her with God on my side. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's not on my side. Hi, Eliza. Emily. Teeny foam puppuccino. Curly hair tree frog. Smoky husky and hot sky number one. I'm hoping you can weigh in on a birthday dilemma. I. 30 female. Have an older sister who will be 33 at the end of the month. For context, I am married and she has a boyfriend of about two years. She also has multiple friends who are not reliable for planning pretty much anything. My sister reached out in a group chat that did not include her boyfriend saying, hey, not sure what the plans for my birthday are, but I'm free these days. Her friends attempted to plan something, but it went nowhere. I stepped in and started trying to delegate who's doing what, when and where this is happening. And basically right now the plan is just dinner and games at her house. I tried to put the planning on her boyfriend and his response was, honestly, I haven't planned anything. I brought this up to our mom because she asked what the plans are and her expectation was that I should be the one planning things because I am the sister. My response was, we are both adults now. She has a boyfriend of two years and they live together. Why isn't he planning it? She said it wasn't his responsibility and I wouldn't expect my husband to plan things for me. He stepped in a politely reminder that he's planned something for every one of my birthdays since 2018 when we moved in together, including a trip this past January to Hawaii for my 30th. So here we are. I'm now back to herding all the cats and organizing everything because her boyfriend still has no plans and is happy to go along with whatever. When it comes to adult birthdays, whose responsibility is it to be the party planner? Thanks, Sarah. This is your sister's 33rd birthday. So while it is a fun birthday and in girl world, birthdays are, you know, month-long events. It's not a, an important birthday. It's not a landmark birthday. Everybody has that best friend that always plans your birthday. Everybody gets excited because when it's your best friend's birthday, it's also kind of like it's your birthday. I, at first blush, I'm just like, ugh, I hate how men often are just like, oh, no. I can't answer the Evite. I don't know how to bring anything to a party. Men often get excused from big social things because they're not good at it or they just don't care. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't care what he did for his birthday. Birthdays aren't as big a deal for men. Um, so you almost don't want him to do it because that also may not be his strength. Is he willing to pay for the pizza? Is he willing to join in or is he like, oh, whatever? Has she said anything? I guess the question is, did you talk to her? And was she like, will you plan my party? So she did a real jerk move, the sister of putting a bunch of women in a group chat and saying, these are the days I'm yeah. free. Figure it out. <laughs> it's not on you. I don't know what your relationship was with your sister. And again, it's not like a bachelorette party where you really have to plan it for her. You need to pull her aside and be like, hey, I don't know why your friends aren't answering. I, of course, want you to have a great birthday, but if you want me to plan it, you need to tell me. And then I can just say, your house, eight o'clock, this is what we're doing. But it's that nebulous plan making that makes this even harder. It's always the person. It's funny, Noah and I talk about this a lot. What's actually harder, like when you're going out to eat, is the person that's like, I'm easy, I eat everything. And you're like, cool, so I'll just pick the restaurant, the time, what type of food. Have some input. But you need to ask her, be like, do you want this on me? Because this is really difficult. And then 
you have the luxury of being like, I said this time and this thing, and this is what we're doing. And if people have an issue, well, that's what we decided because nobody, nobody can talk then because you did everything. So it should be a low lift. And the answer is it takes a village. Yeah, but it is really annoying that the mom is like, nobody would expect your husband to do it. Why should a boyfriend have to plan anything? It's like, what are you talking yeah, about? I, yeah, it's also a little weird. I think that's indicative of something great, but maybe the boyfriend is great in other ways and like, that's just not his thing. It's a very girly thing to plan a whole party. I mean, I do our parties, but Noah like does all the logistics for the food. And when he tries to talk to me about food, like I start getting twitchy because I'm like, I don't know how to blacken a shrimp or how long it takes to marinate a whole animal. I don't know. Why are you talking to me about this? I just want to arrange the, the chairs and the flowers. <laughs> so I'm sorry you're dealing with that, but you need to have a convo with her because everybody on that is probably like, it's whatever, whatever. They're the same type of people who don't bring anything to a party. Like, well, I just showed up. Because if I was, look, if I'm the sister, I'm thinking, why isn't the boyfriend doing this? But if I'm the friend, I'm certainly thinking, why isn't the boyfriend or the sister doing this? Why would I yeah, ever try weird. to plan this? If Does I wanted to plan sister? something for you, I would bring it up. I would say, hey, I was thinking for your birthday, we could do this. I'm not waiting to be enlisted. Also, have you done this before? Like, can't you just be like, hey, like, are you always the party planner or is it always someone else? So don't take on more than you can handle because it's not really up to you unless it always was your job. In which case they'll be like, why didn't Charlene plan the party? Yeah. But yeah, pull the sister aside and be like, here's what's going on. If you need my help, I'll take it. But then I'm planning it and we're not talking to anyone else. And then you need to delegate. You have to tell everyone, you bring pizza, you bring this, you bring that. Like you don't want it to all be on you because people won't. They're so dumb. And they'll show up with like an orchid from Trader Joe's and you're like, cool, thanks for this pet. I have to fucking keep alive for the next time you come over. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland. And discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. What do you think of when you think of spring cleaning? Do you think of throwing out a bunch of old stuff? Do you think of putting some sweaters away for next year? Do you think about changing your sheets? Well, you should. Because you don't want to be sleeping in the same heavy sheets you had all winter. You want something soft. You want something breathable. You want Bowl & Branch Signature Sheets because they're the perfect way to upgrade your sleep and they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton and these sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're the perfect thing to get you ready for summer. I got a set of washed linen sheets from Bowl & Branch. I also got the washed linen duvet cover and it is so soft. It feels like I've been living in it even though I just pulled it out of the package. Bowlin Branch's sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals commonly found in sheets. You don't want to be sleeping on that. They have a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowlin Branch. Go to bowlinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping. That's Bowlin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Kick it! 
23-year-old female. I just moved to Chandler, Arizona last summer from a small town outside of Portland, Oregon. I inherited my grandpa's three-fourth ton diesel pickup when I got my license. I learned to drive in this truck and can drive it better than most people in cars. This is an old diesel straight-piped truck, and boy, does she roar when she starts up. However, I'm good about the fact that I leave for work early in the morning, so I coast out of my apartment nice and slow so as not to disturb people. This morning, I went to leave for work, and I had a note pinned in my wiper blade saying, why don't you start the day by not driving like an asshole? Thanks. And boy, did that make my day. I do not know which neighbor this is. All the ones I know of are nice to me. Now, I am the kind of person who loves minorly inconveniencing people. Like I relish in the fact (laughs) that me choosing to wake up and breathe makes some people's blood boil. I love to stir the pot just a titch and just sit back and watch the free reality TV. So as for my question, how petty should I be about this? I could forget about it and go on with life, but life's been a little boring lately. So I'd like to play along for a bit. First idea in my head, get a how's my driving bumper sticker with my number underneath, wait for responses. Second idea, show them how lucky they had it before and now step on it as I leave, which has set off car alarms in the past. Third idea, go knocking on doors pretending to be polite and asking if anyone wrote it so I can apologize and see how I can be better. I know they won't admit it, but it will at least scare the shit out of them that I'm inquiring that about one- it. Or, oh, you think that'll scare them? Like, that doesn't feel very pot story. Like, like number three, show absolute contrition, move out immediately, really stir the pot. Or any better options that you can conjure up. I would love to be petty with you, Eliza. Well, that's where you got me. I talk a big game, but I actually don't like fucking with people. I like being petty insofar as, like, I have a burner Instagram account and I'll, like, look at someone I hate. But I don't actually, I'm kind of like uh, like Midsummer Night's Dream, like you can't actually get involved with the mortals. It's like a Greek god thing. What I would do is I'd leave a note on my own car that says, this is a diesel fuel double pipe, big dick swinging lady. And I do my absolute best to start her as quietly as possible. My name is Shirley, if anyone has any questions. Because... You're upset because you were going out of your way to proactively be as respectful as possible and it still bothered someone. And by the way, like it still could be like fucking loud. I almost said hella. And I was like, I don't say that. Mm. It still could be really loud. It could, if it's a window nearby, which it probably is, it could, and their bed is against that window. Like it could jar them awake. And that's, that's annoying. That's frustrating. Uh, you don't seem to want to do something that softens it. You're just like, how do I let them know? They're already softening. No, I'm saying like, it's like, do you park down the street? You know, I vote you leave that note. That way when they want to, and set up a ring camera. But it is that thing where when you know the person who's inconveniencing you and you know they're doing their best, it kind of bothers you less. So I think if that person knew that you really do try to start, like, this is the car that I can afford. This is my, like, I, I try to be as quiet as possible. That you're coasting it out. Yeah, I would leave your own note on your car because right now they're the ones that are feeling nervous and they know where you live. They know where that car belongs unless it's like an apartment complex. Leave your own note and just make it a very sweet note. Be like, I try my absolute best to be as quiet as possible. And if they leave another shitty note, then you got to set up a ring camera and then you got to have some words, but you have to be willing to defend how sweet you're trying to be. Because right now this person, and I rightfully so, just thinks you're some asshole gunning it. It doesn't matter how loud it could get because it's still loud. Right. Okay. 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 This email subject line, help. 
Also, <laughs> I've never met anyone that's like, I left Portland for Arizona. I want less rights and I just want to feel more restrictive and warmer in general. They want to drive that truck. Drive that truck. Okay, this email what? subject line. Help. Dead husband's dad won't bury ashes and won't talk to me about it. Why do you bury ashes? Don't you get ashes so you can hold on to them in your underwear drawer? Isn't that why you get ashes? I think you can also bury them. I don't know. Hey, AI okay. crew. Thank you for your amazing podcast. Mm-hmm. It keeps my brain awake and entertained while working graveyard on a mindless job. I'm a 28-year-old single mom of two beautiful girls, ages two and three. I was married to my kid's dad for almost five years and had our first daughter when we moved back to my home state in Montana after living in Colorado for the first few years of dating and marriage. I was pregnant with our second daughter when my husband committed suicide. He struggled with addiction, depression, and many other mental health issues the entire time I had known him in much of his life before that. As a mom, I had to tell him that I needed separation and probably divorce due to an unstable environment for our children because of the most recent relapse and other issues in the marriage. A week later, he was gone. Not trying to get pity or put too many details, but it's hard to understand my question without this information. His family and I are still close, except his mother, which is a totally different story. They've been amazing and understanding through everything. The onset of funeral slash burial arrangements, his father and I worked together through most of it, and we're pretty much on the same page. The plan for my husband's ashes were to have half laid to rest here in Montana so his kids could have a place to visit him and half to rest in Colorado because he was always very adamant about that being his home. As far as I knew, all the family members knew this and were okay with it. So they only came to lay him to rest here after an initial funeral in Colorado. However, it is two years later and he is still not at rest in Colorado. His dad is holding on to the ashes in his home and they aren't even somewhere for other family members to visit if they need. I've offered to help find a location and pay for the location of burial, even though money is not really an issue for his dad, but I still want to help. More than once at the beginning, but it always got brushed off. I know everyone grieves in their own way, but this is my husband too, and we had all agreed to this plan. I don't want to be inconsiderate, but his siblings have told me they would also like a place to visit their brother in Colorado, and were upset when they found out about their dad hoarding the ashes. I'm taking my kids down for a visit in May and would like to have a conversation about this in person, but have no idea how to bring it up again without hurting his dad's feelings. However, it really upsets me that as his wife, I feel that my husband's wishes are not being followed. Any suggestions or insights would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. I mean, he's obviously holding on to these ashes because the dad lives in Colorado. I think... Right? I think the dad lives in... We moved back to Montana. Yeah, okay, Colorado. Yep. The dad is grieving. He not only doesn't want to let his son go, he doesn't want to have to bury those ashes. I, I guess I understand that, having not dealt with anything like this, but that's very human. And by revisiting it, you have to sort of grieve all over again. And he probably just doesn't want to deal. Um, It is selfish, but I guess you can't blame the guy. I think you have to have a conversation in person, maybe with the other kids. And I wonder if saying to him, hey, we wanted to plan a service, like a special day to go to the cemetery And we would really like you to be part of it because here's the truth. He's not in that urn no more than he's in a coffin. And so what you want is a site to go to where you will feel him around you. He's all around you anywhere you go. You can have a conversation with him wherever you want. He's on another astral plane, but you you feel connected to him because you want to execute these wishes. And this is a way of you staying close to him. 
So I, I guess I understand all of that, but perhaps you all just have a plot of land in the cemetery anyway, and that will be where he is for you because it doesn't actually matter Yeah, if the ashes are there. And try to include the dad, but if he doesn't want to budge and he wants to be weird, it would still be a nice way for you guys to all sort of lay the idea to rest because it feels unsettled. Like there's like an unfinished business. There are... Because, I, by the way, I just want to say one thing. Like when we get our pet's ashes, like you don't, like unless you have your dog as I did cremated by herself, you don't know what's in there. Yeah. It's it's just thinking you're knowing it. And sometimes that's the most important thing of all. So try to include him. Be like, we're doing it this Sunday. We'd really like to include those ashes or some of them. I can come get them. We really don't want to leave you out of this. Like make it about really wanting to include him. We really don't want to leave you out. We really want you there. And if he won't, then he won't. And that's just going to be what it is. You can get a piece of jewelry made. I know he's like a man, but you could get him like a thick ring or something or a small little urn. Like you can get something made with a little bit of the ashes that he can keep with him that's just for him. Yeah. It's a little morbid to be like, can you open them up? Because he probably definitely doesn't want to do that. Yeah. But he doesn't want to have to deal with all that all over again. But this really is about not rehashing it. And and I think in a way by him putting it off, he doesn't fully have to deal with it, which I, is totally human. So, and the fact that you haven't been there in person, I think has made it easier for him to put off. Just like we all put off when the dentist is like, make another appointment. You're like, okay, <laughs> see you never. And then all of a sudden you have a chipped tooth and you need to go get a night guard immediately. And you don't put it off anymore. So... I think being there in person, he won't be able to refuse you, especially if you're very kind and right there. Yeah. Hi, Eliza. I need your advice on what to get my super extremist conservative cousin-in-law as a wedding gift. My husband's cousin is getting married in May. We have elected to regretfully decline because this dude is a ridiculously alt-right guy. He is racist, homophobic, and especially bad. He is a Second Amendment advocate. When my city, Nashville, experienced a school shooting last week, he got on Facebook during the aftermath to remind everyone that guns need to be protected, not children. All this oh goes to say, we don't like him or his politics and have no interest in traveling to attend his wedding surrounded by like-minded people. Of course, etiquette does call for a wedding present. So here's my question. Is there a <laughs> but of course, we don't want to look tacky. So here's a blender. Is there See a you on January 6th. <laughs> Is there a gift we could send them to passively push our liberal agenda on him? Something, sending him a vote Biden toaster is probably too on the nose, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to sneak some progressive ideals into his far-right festivities. Thanks in advance, Marley. I just wouldn't. Uh-uh. Just why spend the time and energy? Uh-uh. But then why are because... you getting it? Like, why are you getting the gift if you're going to put, like, either you get the gift because you're trying to follow etiquette, in which case you get a gift that you think you'll like, or you don't send a gift at all. And if he says, yeah. you didn't send me a gift, you say, yeah, you're a turd. Yeah. I mean, look, is this someone that your husband, like, has been really close to his whole life and the guy just kind of turned sour? Is this not someone, is this someone you're ever going to have to see? Ever, Because if not, don't send a gift. If you're like, I really don't wish you a lifetime of propagating fucking little racists and handing each of them a gun. Like the idea, you don't want to give a gift. It would be like going to dinner at someone's house that you hate. Like you're going to eat their food and drink their alcohol and you like hate that person. So is it an optics thing? Like if you don't, like the family... It was going to be an issue because if he, if it's that kind of family, then you definitely don't want to send like a, a a sapling or something like a please recycle kind of bag. I wouldn't. I think that's a bad vibration. Um, but 
I mean, honestly, anything anything upcycled feels like it fits into a, a liberal agenda. You know, a reusable grocery tote, I'm sure he would hate. But here's the other thing. Not that this is like a green agenda. I mean, you're talking about other liberal things, but if you get him a gift and he just throws it away, then you're contributing to global waste. And so you're going to feel really bad about that. I would not do that if I were you. Yeah. Like an NPR single origin coffee percolator. <laughs> I don't know. Don't do it. That's my advice is don't do it. Yeah. You're asking me as a fairly liberal person what to get him. And the answer is do the most liberal thing and debate about it forever and then ultimately do nothing. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the ultimate liberal thing. Yeah. If this is someone you have to interact with, you don't want to, like those are shots fired. Now you send him that bullshit gift and then he's got to send you a bullshit answer and it's like the Hatfield and McCoys or you send him the bullshit gift and he like resents it. And then it's like a thing that you have to deal with the ripple effect of that forever. You it's know, or you it. send him something you would really like, like a charged crystal and be like, here, have fun baying at the moon, you fucking animal. Send it from the highest light. <laughs> or just like, here's 50 bucks to your favorite gas station. Enjoy burning fossil fuels. Hello, Eliza, male 36. <gasps> I cheated on my wife. Cue horrified noise. That's the noise? That's the noise? Cue horrified noise. That's better. Unfortunately, it's not a one-time act, and it did happen with a total of two women. Eventually, my wife found out about some of it, and I decided to come completely clean and tell her everything. We then decided to do counseling and remained in our relationship for a few years. Wait, two women at once? (laughs) No. Is that what... Is it a guy? Yeah. No. It's got to be. I don't think a, a woman had sex with two women at once. No, he's a guy. Not two women at once. Just cheated with guy. two different women. All right. Dog's losing her mind. All the diarrhea sloshing around in her body. Take it easy. All right. So this guy cheated twice with two and, different women on the wife. Cheated with two different women, maybe more than twice. We Probably. It was not a one-time act. It did happen with Got a it. total of two women. Okay. It's not a two-time act. <laughs> no. We then decided to do counseling and remained in our relationship for a few years. I was never unfaithful again since I felt just horrified at the pain I caused her, not to mention all the disappointment and judgment from friends and family, a few of whom do not speak to me because of this. I understand that I am not a victim. My question is this. Society speaks so poorly of cheaters. How will I ever get to a point where I can be okay with what happened? Do people deserve second chances? I've never been unfaithful since, and I do disclose this info when I'm dating, when asked why I'm no longer married, even though it horrifies me to share, I figure without honesty, I'll never get away from the mistakes I made in the past. Still, I have a really hard time looking at myself in the mirror and worse, looking at my kids and realizing that I could have hurt their mother. That I hurt their mother. Yeah. Okay. We had other problems prior to me stepping out of the relationship and I know it takes two, but it takes only one person to be a selfish coward and cheat and lie. How do I get past this? Already in therapy, but still keeps me up at night knowing that the world hates cheaters. Now I'm one of those. Love the pod, all the best. Well, the world hates cheaters, but it seems to me what your issue is, you don't like that. You don't like not being liked. Now, you cheated. This isn't like when you're an alcoholic and even if you haven't had a drink in 50 years, like you're still an alcoholic in recovery. And people say once a cheater, always a cheater. But you cheated on this person because something wasn't right in your relationship or something wasn't right with you. And I know if this, if your wife were the one writing in, 
I would not be saying nice words about you, but you're the, you're the customer. <laughs> the fact that you're in therapy, I think speaks volumes because a lot of people do something like that. And it's like, nope, wasn't happy with her or found someone else. Now I'm happy. And that could be the case. Even without therapy, you could meet someone and you don't feel that need. But the fact that you're in that therapy makes me think that the issue lies with you. It was less about the other person. Maybe she did, she still didn't bring out the best in you. It's not her fault. But give yourself a little bit of grace for doing work that a lot of people wouldn't do and for acknowledging how upsetting this is to the kids and acknowledging the damage that you've done, but the damage is done. So all you can do is your best to repair it and not repeat it uh, and hurt someone else. And I think that self-awareness shouldn't go unacknowledged. Everybody makes horrible mistakes. In your case, you made a really horrible mistake, but you're trying to fix it. I'm sure through therapy, you'll realize maybe you weren't as happy as you thought you were and this is how you acted out. Maybe this is something more insidious. Maybe this is an underlying issue from something else. We don't know. But while it is, of course, about the mistake, it's also how you come back from that mistake. And it's about how you change for the better. We're all always evolving and getting better. I saw this quote. I hate that I'm saying that it was on Instagram. It's probably a quote people know, but like you have no obligation today to be the person who you were yesterday. And they don't mean that like I was nice yesterday. Now I get to wreak havoc. They mean it like people start over all the time. And maybe not on a first date reveal that because that is very personal, but I do think it's worth giving the context of I was unhappy or we were unhappy and I acted out and I always feel bad about that. I don't think that's a red flag. What's a red flag is if you're like, yeah, I cheated. She had it coming. I think it's it shows incredible growth to be like, and I'm in therapy and I work on it and it's not something that I would ever do again. You also don't owe that explanation to someone that you just met. So I think you're going to hurt from this for a little bit and you don't like being, you don't have to be a person people don't like. You did something that people don't like and you ruined your marriage because of it, but it wasn't the marriage for you. Or it still is and you can get that trust back, but it doesn't sound like it is. So all you can do is move forward with your head high, promise yourself you won't make those mistakes, and promise yourself that maybe you'll be more aware of the red flags like that in future relationships. But I think you're doing a great job for whatever that's worth. Yeah, you're really self-reflective, which I feel like is a big component of moving past it. 100%. And by the way, like, Having kids is very difficult. Like, it's not that everybody needs to cheat when you have kids, but it's a stressful thing. Adding children into an equation, it doesn't always work for everyone. So you feel really bad, but it will crystallize in your mind why you did it. And it's not about excusing it, but if you had a reason, if you really, deep down, you're like, yeah, I guess she never really did X, Y, and Z, or I never really was whatever to her. And that will be through therapy. So you're on the path. Mm-hmm. And I know you feel bad, but when you step out of your house, like the world doesn't know you're a cheater. We all do shitty things and eventually you'll forgive yourself. But for what it's worth, me and my dog filled with diarrhea forgive you right now. <laughs> I think she got all the diarrhea out. I hope. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Oh, wow. Speaking <laughs> of diarrhea. Okay. My bottom of the cob is, okay. So. I think it's great for a child's brain development to know two languages. 
I think there is nothing but something good that can happen. And of course, your first thought is, oh no, what if they only learn Spanish? <laughs> Not going to happen. So the nanny that we have speaks Spanish. So I'm always saying to her like, hey, if you want to teach Sierra some Spanish, like that's fine. If you want to talk to her in Spanish, that's great. Like it's just so good for them. And Spanish is a super useful language. Um, but there's something performative when I hear white parents going out of their way to speak, say another language, but it usually is Spanish, in public. And we were out the other day and there's this couple and we're in Hollywood. So, you know, it's a lot of parents in golden goose sneakers uh, running around in $8,000 strollers. I would know I'm one of them. Uh, and I heard the little kid was like, you know, I want that. And I don't know if the mom... <sighs> There is that thing where you like are doing performative parenting. And a big yeah. part of the reason we do it is to show people like, hey, we don't want to have an asshole. So I'm like, hey, put that down. Remember, we said we don't take things that aren't ours. Letting people around you know like, hey, I'm actively parenting. I don't think it's okay. So I get that. I don't know. I just heard the mom and the dad, the kid was there and the kid pointed. She goes, no wrong, huh? Do you want no wrong, huh? And I'm like, we all know the Spanish word for orange. It just felt, even though she was doing the right thing, there's something about, especially in the last several years with like being woke and stuff like that, it just, oops, sorry, felt annoying, even though I could see myself being that mom, but I guess I wouldn't be as audible about it. Right. And I was talking about it. I'm like, why is this so annoying to me? And someone was like, because they should be doing it at home. So that when you're out in public, the kid just says naranja. I, there was something, it just feels, and by the way, like it's not just white parents I see do it, but there is something about like the white, the brown thing, we're showing we're okay with it. See, naranja. And my nanny, by the way, is just hearing me yell naranja in my office right now. I don't know. It's hard to verbalize because I could argue both sides of it. But it's something about the audible parenting in the second language where you're just like, okay, are you trying to show us? Well, by the way, this wasn't about me or my kid at all. It's about this woman in a moment having a private convo. Yeah. It, does, does that make sense? It 100% does. I think it also is like a thing, like if you were out there and like a little kid and she's like, no, practice your clarinet in front of everybody. It's like, okay, your kid has a skill. Great. Like, I don't, you're, I know you're doing it for me. It's like when people talk to their pets and you know it's really for you, you know, like. But it's. Right, for it sure. It feels like it's for you and not for the kid. Just it does. Just because of volume even level though, alone. Even though you do have to practice it and even though we both, everybody wants their kid to speak that second language and this is what is required yeah. and all the judging I do about parents, like I find myself doing those actions anyway. So, I mean, that's, I just quietly observed it, but there is something that bothers me about the parent being like super loud in the other language. And like, I hope other people are seeing, I know my vocab words. We're like, we all learn fruit and vegetables. We all know It's them. because it's a white person and that's also annoying where you're just like, all And right. by the way, what I love, especially in comedy, is when whatever your race is, like making fun of your own race because you kind of get a window in. And like a lot of times when people make fun of white people, what would they do? I think it's so funny because yeah. usually it is apt, you know? But I guess I also cringe when you get the white person that shits on white people, hoping people of other colors will be like, see, she gets it. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, every 
everyone everywhere is a part of the problem and you can be part of the problem just by existing. But don't ever think you're so special that you get to remove yourself from your own race. And don't ever think that you're so part of the problem that you don't get to say like, hey, like that's not all of us. Like it is so specific. But in that moment, that white couple, I was, because I don't think I would have been annoyed if I heard a black woman saying it to her kid. No. But I think I'm allowed to be annoyed because I'm like, hey, you look just like me and you're saying Naranja super loud. Yeah. And I think you're trying to impress us. I think deep down, sometimes I speak Spanish hoping people will hear me and be like, oh my God, is she fluent? And I'm not. So I think deep down what was triggering for me is that I was like, I know the word for orange too. <laughs> and apple. So some we all took Spanish in the seventh grade. <laughs> Maybe it's my own insecurity. If you had just gone over and been like, what about manzana? Yeah, manzanas. Chloe, do you want a naranja? Naranja? Okay, we have a bottom of the cob from a fan. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Wait. And I think the thing that irked me <laughs> was right after the dad like um, infantilized a vegetable. He was like, or do you want carrots? Do you want crunch crunch? Crunch, oh. crunch. And I was just like, what are we saying to this kid? Yeah, what language is that? Keep just it consistent. Dork. The word for carrot is the Hanoria. Okay, oh, anyway. Okay. All right, we have a bottom of a cough from a fan, Alex. Why are doctors- The doc- kid was 15. Okay, sorry, go ahead. go ahead, Alex. Why are doctors always late? My doctor requires me to arrive a minimum of 15 minutes before my appointment or it's canceled. After sitting in the exam room for 40 minutes past my scheduled appointment time, I popped my head out to make sure they didn't forget I was in there. They acted annoyed that I asked. Yeah. Ugh, can't stand when others are disrespectful of other people's time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of healthcare workers on this that are just like, uh, we start on time and then people are late. Or you're, you don't know how long a consult is going to take. And people are like, oh, I have the doctor here. Let me ask them how space time works. Yeah. But it is one of stand-up comedy's great pillars. And one of life's greatest inconveniences is how long they keep you there. The 15-minute late thing is annoying. However, I guess they're hoping the person who's late will show up on time. Or it's canceled as kind of bullshit. And I bet you that they don't enforce that. That is annoying. It's annoying well, that's why I always book my appointment first in the morning, like the first one in or the first one after lunch because you know they're taking that full lunch break. Mm-hmm. So I better be the first top of the docket. Same reason I take the first flight out. I don't like to be inconvenienced by other people's stupidity. Well, my bottom of the cob is people are out here letting their animals run loose. And it's number one, it's a problem if your cat is outdoors destroying the local ecosystems and doing whatever it's doing. But I was driving home last night and there was a dog on the side of the road and I pulled over and hit my flashers and it was dark. It was like 10 p.m. And there were no street lights, and I I was right next to a railroad track and I was just like, oh God, this dog was little. It had a collar. I was (gasps) like, he must- Did you get it? Did you scoop him up? I didn't. It's my I didn't. fantasy. I looked around God in the woods. It. I could not find him. And I had actually, when I pulled my car over, someone else was like, hey, uh, what, what's going on? Because I pulled over, put my flashers, got out. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to Scott. He goes, oh, I was going to offer to help when I thought it was your dog, but I got to go. Bye. And I was like, okay, bye. You've wasted valuable dog time. Emily, the second you saw that dog, you could have you could have had like 5 million views on that TikTok if you had rescued that dog. <laughs> I just went to find him and I couldn't. And so then I was like trying to figure out and I called my dad because I'm like, hey, what do I, like, do I keep searching the woods? What do I do? How do I, because my parents are notorious animal finders. They always are finding something loose in the road, a turtle, a dog, whatever. And, and he's eating like, it. 
And he's like, last time I was in your neighborhood, I saw a little dog like that and he was just loose. And I was like, okay, because there's another big dog. So I'm like, you're just letting your little dog loose. So either I now have given up the hunt because number one, it's 10 p.m. and I don't want to be murdered by the railroad tracks because I think your dog is supposed to, quote unquote, be out here because you let him out here and now, and he's not. Like, you're creating a problem. Don't let your dog loose. There's a big dog in my neighborhood that they also let loose. And every time I see him walking down the road, I'm like, oh my God, I have to pull over and save this dog. You're stressing everyone else out. I'm worried for this dog. I haven't stopped thinking about it since last night. I'm mad. Did they let it loose or did it get out? I If this is the dog that I'm thinking of, then they just are like, oh yeah. He's out sometimes. Like, even if it's I just mean, a case of- in the country. He's a- You live- This is a busy road where he's running yeah. up and down. And I was like, he doesn't have awareness. He started to go out into the street. When yeah. I started to pull over, he ran out in front of my car and I was like, ah, I hate it. I mean, the <laughs> other option is you report it. That dog gets taken to a shelter, never adopted, and then euthanized. So- <sighs> It is it is frustrating when the bigger issue is that like people don't consider other people who live around them. We definitely have people in our neighborhood that walk their dogs off leashes and the dogs just take dumps. And you're like, I know you see that. Like this is a heavily paved, very populated neighborhood. I had, God, I had a neighbor one time who was like 100% a drug dealer. Like this guy was, not a good dude. And they always had people, he lived in an apartment complex and they always had people coming up to their windows, like exchange, like he was just not a good dude. And they had the shittiest van and he was just a piece of shit. And he would let his dogs run up and down the street, like big dogs. And they would just shit everywhere. And they'd run up to me and Blanche. And I would just be like, oh my, like that's scary. Yeah. They were always running up to us. And I had a friend that worked for an animal rescue and I called her and they came and took their dogs when the guy wasn't looking. And they like put up signs looking for them. And I was like, your dogs have been rehomed because you don't know how to own a fucking animal. And he'll never know I did that. He's also probably dead. I'm sorry. It's annoying. Next time you got to scoop up that animal. I tried. I was it. looking all over for him. He disappeared harder. into the night. There were no street lights. Take off your shirt. So you use your body glow <laughs> to light the way. All right. Top of the cob. Let's start with the guest. Let's start with you. Start Emily. with me. My top of the cob yeah. is I was carrying a lot of packages at the post office, big, heavy boxes. I was there. I managed to get the first door open, sneak an arm in, kick it, slither in, and then someone came nice. and opened the second door for me. And I was like, what a relief. If they hadn't done that, I would have had to put my boxes down, open the door, come in, haul the boxes in. It just is nice. It's it's like kind of expected. Like, yeah, of course, somebody's going to open the door. They see you struggling, but it still is nice all the same. Yeah, it's nice when people show some fucking manners. The guest is highlighting only my top of the cop is how supportive my husband has been about the process of getting pregnant with Crohn's disease. Currently in a Oof. flare and our journey has been postponed due to the flare without an end in sight. He has shown me nothing but love. Great men do exist. Love, Michelle. P.S. Thanks for keeping me laughing. Michelle, I love that for you. And I hope the laughter helps tamp down that Crohn's flare up. That's awful. <laughs> Yeah, I also think in our society, it's always like, men ain't shit. And it's like, there are so many good guys. I'm only friends with good guys and I married one. So remember, you teach people how to treat you. Good for you. I'm glad that feels good. You deserve it. My top of the cob is I love a nitrate. Like, I love anything smoked. 
smoked turkey, smoked cheese. I have smoked cheddar cheese in the... I actually eat smoked things more than the average person. Oh. Smoked cheddar cheese I just had on a sandwich. Last night, I had scamorza, which is smoked mozzarella, which is really better hot than it is cold. And any, if I see applewood smoked, I'm like, I'm in. I don't even care what the rest of the sentence is. It could be applewood smoked fucking toothpaste. I just think smoking something just makes it so much more delicious. And I don't know why people eat regular turkey when you could have smoked turkey. Fools. Folks, today is April 12th. And if you want an exclusive sneak peek at all three seasons of Eliza's Locals, the comedy specials I produced with new up-and-coming LA comics, you can head on over to 800 Pound Gorilla. They will be available exclusively uh, for nominal fee on their website. And then they will be released out into the world starting April 28th. But if you want to get that hot insider track to these gorgeous specials we shot here in LA, check out Eliza's Locals. We're very proud of it. And uh, the next big date I got coming up, actually, in, in a few weeks, we're announcing my big fall tour. So other than that, you can always check my Instagram or local comedy clubs websites here in LA. I'll be at the Brea Improv uh, coming up in June. But that's not for a while. I'm taking off this spring to finish up some writing projects, hopefully get some other things going. And uh, yeah, really proud of Eliza's Locals. Also, um, like, subscribe, and please leave us a positive review. These things really do matter. Uh, you know, when you're looking at new podcasts, you like to look and see, hey, did anybody care to leave a review? We really do love that kind of stuff. Five stars is always appreciated. Even if you only wanted to do four, throw us an extra star. So that's the thing you need to know. It's the thing you need to know and get ready. Set aside some money for this fall tour because it is going to be massive and I will be bringing my family and my small dog. And until then, remember, it's like we say in the cat shaving business. That's a lot of hair. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's brand new day toilet bowl cleaner disinfects both the toilet brush and bowl, killing 99.9% of viruses and bacteria with a fragrance that feels like a tropical getaway for your senses. <sighs> Don't just clean, Lysol clean.